Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. And establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. In a very real sense, we are builders of eternal houses. Welcome to Creator Homemaking. This podcast is dedicated to helping women create Christ-centered homes and lives. We hope you'll join us on this journey. Hello, welcome to Creator's Homemaking. This is episode six, part four of our Prepare Every Needful Thing series. And today we're going to talk about um, budgeting and finances. And I want to start with two scriptures. The first one is John 10.10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And the second one is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I just um, know in my own personal experience that if we are trying to do those things that the Lord's asked us to do, we are blessed. And I think the Lord does want us to enjoy this life and um, have the things that we need. And if we are faithful and obedient, those things come to us. Yeah. President Ballard has a quote that says, we will never, never have balance in our lives unless our finances are um, securely under control. And in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 27, it says, And see that all these things are done in wisdom and order. For it is not requisite that man should run faster than he has strength. Um, It is expedient that he should be diligent, that thereby he might win the prize. And I just really like that. It kind of goes with you, that Heavenly Father wants us to have joy. I truly believe that. And if we follow the things that he's given us, that's what brings it. Yeah, thanks. I agree. Um, I also found a quote from President Heber J. Grant that said, if there is any one thing that will bring peace and contentment into the human heart and into the family, it is to live within our means. And if there is any one thing that is grinding and discouraging and disheartening, it is to have debts and obligations that one cannot meet. And I know we've both experienced that in our lives of um, the joy and peace that comes from living within our means and then the hardships that can come when we overextend those means. Mm-hmm. So I think those are important. Yeah, it, it is. And I think I know what I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit where you're living that really good. And then you kind of fall in, you know, something comes up and then it's easy to, you know, overextend yourselves because you think you need other things. And just the peace that comes when you can finally put that aside again is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, In kind of studying for this episode today, a lot of what I read was, you know, obedience and paying your tithing and fast offerings first. And I know both of us have had strong testimonies of tithing 
for a long time. And I know lots of people out there have gained that testimony for themselves. But for those of you that haven't, and I didn't find the scripture, but, you know, the Lord wants us to test and prove that what he says is true. And I just want to say, if you don't have a testimony of tithing yet, to take those steps to get one, you know, prove, trust. Test the Lord, have faith that he will say what he has said, and that I just know that you will be blessed so much if you do. Yeah, I agree. The very first thing with any budgeting is always tithing. And if you don't put that at the top of your budget, it just doesn't work out. It's just that promise is so true. And it's a lot of faith, I think for people that haven't ever done it to try to make that step, because that's a big check. That's a big lump sum that comes out. Um, yes. If you're thinking about it, I don't even think about it anymore. It's just, that's where it goes. And um, I never question like, Oh man, if I had that, just think how much farther things would go. Uh, I have been in that point where, man, what do I do? And I have tried to just be like, okay, we're just going to put it off. And it doesn't work out ever. But if we pay our tithing, it it truly does work out. And we could give you stories, and I'm sure you've heard plenty of stories, but I agree with Emily that that if you're not, test the Lord. Try it. See what he'll do for you. And um, prove that to yourselves as well as to him. Yeah, thanks. Um, I found a talk by... And Eldon Tanner from October 1979. It was called Constancy Amid Change. And it made me think of these last few years and all the changes we've been through. Um, but he, in there, he talked about four different elements to a good budget. And he said the first was basic operating needs, such as food and clothing. Second was home equity. Third, emergency needs, such as savings and insurance. And fourth, wise investment and a storage program for the future. And I don't really know anything about investing, so I'm not going to really talk about that one. But um, obviously, we all have those basic needs that have to be met. And so after tithing, and I also found that another thing people said a lot was pay yourself. And so that's kind of how we've always tried to do it is you pay your tithing and offerings first, and then you put a little bit into savings, even if it's only $5 or a dollar, if that's all you can afford. And then, you know, those basic needs, and then, you know, those other things, emergency needs, and, you know, state insurance, and those kinds of things. And that has seemed to work pretty well for us over the years. Um you said many people think a budget robs them of their freedom. On the contrary, successful people have learned that a budget makes real economic freedom possible. I've heard it said, you know, that if you want to live abundantly, live like you never have any money. And so you're always living um, within your means if you are always thinking, oh, I can't afford that. You know, it really makes you stop and think, do I really need this or is it just a want? And that has seemed to work well for us. I know you're like the budget queen compared to me. So <laughs> what are some of your tips for budgeting? 
<laughs> well, thanks. Um, I think we started kind of on that top is um, paying our tithing. And I agree that putting that little bit aside, whether it truly is just $5 or whether it's a little bit more, um, as long as you have some, it can help cover some of those unexpected co costs, you know, when the washing machine dies in the you know middle of doing all the laundry. It's having to, you know, put that on credit. Tail is, we've done it lots of different ways, but one thing I read a quote, it was from the fi family finances. Um, under in the gospel topics it says the responsibility to manage family finances should be shared between husband and wife with an attitude of trust and openness wise financial management can provide security and promote family well-being uh, since I'm home I'm usually the one that kind of sits down and puts the budget together but before we put it in any type of action we always look at it together my husband and I and pray about it and say okay is this going to work um, sometimes I think we think we know it all and we're just going to do it right. And I have it and I have this plan and then I'll take it to my husband. He'll be like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, do it this way. And usually it's like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. So we need both people to throw in those ideas and those inputs on how to make things work. So that council um, together. It also works when budgeting is really, really tight and you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet sometimes to be doing it together uh, to kind of buoy each other up and help each other through those. And I love in there, was it in that one? Um, yeah, trust and openness. Just be ready to forgive. Everybody does dumb things. Everybody goes and spends something that maybe they shouldn't. If it, you know, as long as it's just, you know, the budget or new, you know, some of those essential things is going to happen. Somebody's going to go over something. Just be willing to forgive and move on is one of those things. But there's so many budgeting things out there that you can find that I'm not going to go through and say, okay, pay your electric bill, pay this, you know, you <laughs> You know what your bills are versus what mine are. If you don't, go find them. Go find everything you have to pay for the month. Start there. Figure out what you have going out and how much you have coming in. And start from scratch and make the table messy. <laughs> and it'll probably drive you crazy. But if you don't start there, you'll never know. Yeah. Um, I know there's been several times when we've kind of written stuff out and Sometimes it doesn't quite add up and work. How does this work? But, <laughs> you know, we always pay that tithing first and somehow it always works. Um, I have to say we are not as good as you guys about budgeting, but we do have, you know, um, all our things figured out. So I think we're doing okay, but we don't I necessarily sit down and write it all out like we probably should. We'd probably save a little more money. We did that better. <laughs> so this is as much for me as anybody else today. <laughs> I think you're doing well. Um, one thing I've read a lot of is making it kind of a family affair, letting kids be part of it. Um, one family home evening we did was 
actually wanted them to know that if I said, no, we don't have it, that doesn't mean, yes, I'll buy you the $50 sweatshirt that you want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want <them> to know. <laughs> and so we did a family home evening where I took all the Monopoly money out. And I said, okay, this is, you know, have, this is what we can spend. And we just took it. I just went down the list of everything and I said, okay, tithing. So, who, you know, the, one of the kids had to come up, take that money out in the middle and it was gone. And that was a really good thing for them to be able to see. I didn't, I guess, make them necessarily part of the decision-making, but let them know that there really was a budget and that we needed to stay in it. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is one thing we've talked about with our kids is, you know, this is, you know, we don't use exact amounts, but let's say, you know, yeah. dad makes a hundred dollars and all of our stuff, you know, costs $80 that we only have $20 left for, you know, food and those kinds of things. So there's not always that extra money for extra things. Um. And so I think it is important to include kids and, you know, if there's something they want or something we want to do as a family, then it's like, okay, well, how can we, you know, put, save up some money so we can do those kinds of things. Yeah, I agree. And I think we need to make sure that our spouse is on that same page with us, that we both know what's going out and what's coming in. And it doesn't mean that we sit down every single week together and write the bills, but pretty close, pretty much of the time we do. I took a free um, finance class through BYU. If anybody is looking for something, that was a really great um, thing to do. But one of the things that he talked about, him and his wife, budget night when they first got married was always Friday night. And he said, and it always included ice cream. So it always ended up on a positive, even though it wasn't really fun. <laughs> and I just loved that because sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's depressing. <laughs> sometimes I'm in tears, you know, <laughs> it can be not always fun and, and it can be stressful, but if we're doing it and in it together and we remember to forgive and forget, we'll make it through. And as long as we put the Heavenly Father in with it, He wants us to succeed just as much as we want to succeed. Yeah, probably more so. Yeah, um, yeah I like that you talked about, you know, and communicating and including both spouses in those decisions and in that um, conversation because I know there are a lot of couples out there that one spouse or the other kind of manages the finances and the other one doesn't really know what's going on. And I think it's important that both know so that, you know, there isn't that contention because finances can, like you said, it can be stressful and it can be hard sometimes. And I, you know, I think it's been said before that that's one of the leading causes of divorce in this country is finances not necessarily not having money but not communicating and not being together on finances so I think that's an important thing yeah we've always just tried to use it as we it's not my money it's not his money it's ours 
no matter who's bringing it in where it's coming from all of it is for us it's not his and yours and mine and you know whatever everything just goes into one and it's everybody's and I know we took Emily and I and our sisters one of our sisters and our mom took the self-reliance family finance class and that was one thing that was really stressed in it was that it it's us it's a joint if it's a joint marriage everything in it is joint you know and it just instead of becomes mine it's we yeah yeah i was actually looking through my notes from when we took that class it was like five years ago which is crazy oh that is crazy <laughs> but i just you know you read and i just remember when we were taking it but then looking back through just how much of it was actually focused on the spiritual things um you know having faith and being obedient and um those kinds of things and how doing those things really can have uh financial you know things to them too but i just thought that was really interesting um and that's kind of what made me think of that scripture about seeking first the kingdom of god because if we're doing those things, then the other things don't all, aren't always easier, but are a little easier, maybe. Yeah, well, and things can fall all into place, and we know where we can turn when we need guidance. Yeah. I think another thing with budgeting is you have to realize that you have to redo it all the time. It doesn't just, okay, I've set my budget, and now I'm done. Even sometimes in the year we'll redo our budget two or three or four times because circumstances change, different things happen. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, well, it never really means that we get a raise, (laughs) 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 you know, but, but just different things work differently. Different things just budgets are going to evolve. Maybe not a huge amount. Oh yeah. We should be, instead and so it's not a one and done thing it's a constant trying to just keep things um, the easiest as possible yeah um one thing we've talked about doing once our kids have like their own job and are making their own money is to take that personal finance class with them and just help them learn those skills i wish I'd known them when we were first married. Luckily, my husband was lots better with money. (laughs) (laughs) So we did okay. But um, I just, I think it's something that not everybody is taught. Not everybody learns. And I just think it's important to give our kids the best start to their adult lives that we can. And, um, you know, we just did it ourselves that I, we, you know, probably could have learned more if we'd had people that knew more about investing and those kind of things. But those basic principles going through that program, I think are, you can learn yourself. And as long as you do them, you know, it does make a difference in your life. That was something I thought about, you know, no matter where you are in life, how old you are, what stage of life you're in, um, you know, start now if you haven't and make those changes and it will bless your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to 
make sure that we're changing as well. I I remember when I first got married and, you know, I had been single and, he, you know, he was living on his own and, you know, then we have to come together and try and figure it all out. And, and we, anyway, so I remember we first got married and I needed a new pair of nylons. And before I would have driven to the store and it wouldn't have been a big deal. You know, I just bought a pair of nylons. And I think we were in Target. I don't remember even where we were at, Shopco or something. And I was like, um, can I buy nylons? And I remember he just looked at me. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. He said, if it's a $50 TV, then maybe come and talk to me, which you couldn't buy a TV probably now for $50. But <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was really it, it was hard to have to be like oh this isn't just mine anymore this is us and what I buy is going to affect everything now you know the dollar or two dollar pair of nylons was not the end of the world but you know we have to learn to and we have to be to help each other and you know just laugh just find that humor and move on <laughs> and but I think also it's a good way to start by putting a limit yeah if you want to go to the bookstore and we have 20 bucks and you want to buy the 20 dollar book then okay but if you're going to spend you know 50 dollars, then maybe we should talk about it i think there needs to be that limit of okay what you know what are we okay to buy without making a decision together yeah i agree and i think that's something yeah each couple needs to determine God's help. Um, that was when we were first married. The first time we went grocery shopping, we were unloading the cart and I dropped the gallon of milk and it spilled all over <laughs> the parking lot. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> Luckily back then milk wasn't near as expensive as it is right now, but I just was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And you know, he's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was just like, seriously. <laughs> But, yeah it's just it's you know if it was just me it would have been like eh, you know whatever but yeah where it was now two of us then it was like okay yeah <laughs> well, luckily it was just a gallon of milk and not something more expensive <laughs> back and now if some one of the kids dropped a gallon of milk you're like eh, whatever go find another one down the aisle <laughs> yeah but <laughs> So I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not good. Maybe we should be a little more concerned about that. <laughs> oh, I think that's kind of where that where we talked about, you know, meal planning and stuff. That really does help with your budget too, because then yeah. you're know what you need and what you don't, and yeah. you're not spending money on things that you don't need or just going to go to waste. Right. Um. I found another talk. This one was from Franklin D. Richards. It was called Personal Family Finances from April 1979. And he suggested three things to attain and maintain financial preparedness. And the first was pay tithes and offerings. The second was get out of debt and stay out of debt. And then to use your surplus funds wisely. And he talked about um, five things to help you get out of and stay out of debt. And the first one was live within your income. Second was prepare and use short and long-term budgets. Third was regularly save a part of your income. Fourth, use your credit wisely if it is necessary to use it at all. 
and five, preserve and utilize your assets through appropriate tax and estate planning. And um, I just know time and time again, the prophets and apostles have, you know, told us stay out of debt, live within your means. And I think that is so important as you talked said earlier you know kind of gives you that freedom when you're out of debt compared to when you're not yeah i think anytime there's any contention no matter what it is it drives that spirit away whether it's you know just being so caught up and how am i going to pay these bills because i have this crazy you know credit that i now have to pay off and once we can get rid of that 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 worry we're just happier because that spirit can just be there. That's not our main concern. One thing I was thinking when you were talking earlier is about um, taking that finance class with your kids. And I think that's a really good idea. I think that's something that we, that we need to teach them sometimes. We've really tried. Um, we've tried allowance. I mean, we've tried all sorts of different different things some things have worked better than others some worked at different times than others but anytime our children have um, made money especially as they've got older and had jobs we've really tried to sit down as with them and budget okay this much need you know this is tithing and you know what what are some other goals yes we need to put money away in savings especially you're living at home you're not you know (laughs) paying any of those bills um, paying for, but learning that they have to put gas in the car, maybe pay their par- portion of the cell phone bill that you don't just get to go to work and then have free money that there's actually places that it has to go. And um, we've really, I guess, tried to sit down with them. My son, this the high school that he was at did such a great job teaching him budgeting. He was in a like a trade school and finances and they talked all about investing and I wish I could have taken that class with them. It was so amazing. And my other daughter that went to the other high school here, you know, they don't teach that really. I mean, you learn how to write a check, you know, (laughs) they don't, you don't want credit cards, you know, kind of thing, but there wasn't that in depth. And if we don't do that and help them, they're not going to get it. And then they're going to be the ones floundering and trying to figure it out. And and I think that's part of our to at least give them a background. Yeah, I agree. And so I guess we need to take an investing class so we can teach our kids how to do that. <laughs> that is... You know, I think to make sure that you're taking advantage of your company's 401ks for retirement. Um, that's about, you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of investing. My husband and my son talk a lot about it. And I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar, but I'm not going to go into anything because I not an expert by any, <laughs> but, but my son I remember, I don't even know, maybe three, four years ago, he came to me and he said, you know what I want for Christmas? And I said, I have no idea. (laughs) And he said, I just want one share of Amazon stock. And I was just like, what in the world? (laughs) And at the time, it was like $130 for a share or something, you know. And 
I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. In a way, I wish we would have done it. <laughs> but later, as he took this um, class, he um, did his own investing and has done very well with it. And he's like, mom, look, this Amazon stock is now like $400. I'm like, oh, wow, that would have been nice. You know, yeah. <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> I definitely can't afford a share of that now. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, definitely making sure you're taking care of your em- employer's 401k. That's usually just something when you sign up for work, you just sign up for, and then you don't even, you don't see it. So you don't miss it. Yeah. And you don't even have to worry about putting it in a budget or trying to save for retirement. It's kind of taken care of for you. You can do other things along with it. But yeah, maybe we better take an investing class. You better find one for us. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that to you. No, If your son teaches when he gets home from his mission. Yeah, yeah, another thing I thought about was that I found it in when we took that class, something I'd written down was life insurance and they recommended like 10 to 15 times your average salary for life insurance and um you know that may seem like a lot but you never know what's going to happen we a few years ago we're gonna look into doing some different things and so we talked to somebody a little bit about life insurance and you know he was like well what if your husband died what would you do you know would you want to live as you are now would you want to go back to school you know just like all these things that I'd never really thought about and so it's like you know it is important to have that too you never know what could happen um but along with the 401k one thing we've done is you know we started when my husband first got hired with a certain percentage and then when he got his first raise, we just took that raise money and raised his 401k, what was going into that. And so that has been a way to make that a little bit higher through the years is when he gets a raise to, you know, when it's like not a huge raise, but a little yeah. bit, we've been able to add to that 401k a little bit. Yeah, I agree. That's a great way to do it. I just want to kind of touch on life insurance a little bit, how you're talking about that. Usually it's cheap through work to get some. Yeah, it it is. It's, you know, I've thought about that a few times. I've had a few friends whose husbands have passed away and just like, that's an expense you don't want to even think about at that time. It's not something you want to think about. I don't want to be planning for my, you know, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. It kind of sounds funny or whatever, but, um, but that's the last thing you want to even have to be worried about when you're going through that. You want to make sure that that's taken care of. And for you as well. One time my husband's like, how much do you think we should put on you? I'm like, well, enough to bury me. I worked at a funeral home. So I kind of know a little bit of the expense and it's expensive. (laughs) But, um, he's like, yeah, but what about the kids? I would have to hire somebody to take care of them. And I hadn't ever really thought of that either. And I thought, oh, yeah, you would have to pay for daycare or, you know, somebody to come into the house and watch them, a nanny, or, you know, whatever your position is. Yeah. I think that's something that we as stay-at-home moms don't think about, you know, <laughs> I guess. And also on our kids, usually through work, through your insurance, you can, you know, get a small amount on each of them for, you know, 25 cents a, a 
a check or something, you know, something so minimal that you don't see it come out hardly. The same thing. We don't ever want to think of our kids leaving and having to go through that, but we want to be prepared. So when it happens, that financial burden is taken care of. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing is, um, you know, home insurance, automobile insurance, health insurance, those kind of necessary evils as we call them sometimes. But, um, you know, if we had a home insurance policy that like just skyrocketed one year and we're like, you know, we haven't done anything, we haven't used it. Why is it so much? And so don't be afraid to shop around if, you know, things suddenly become a lot more expensive. There's lots of different insurance companies out there. And in fact, I think somebody, some financial person, my husband listened to sometimes said, you know, every 18 months or so, look around for automobile insurance and home insurance and see if there's a better deal out there. Um, sometimes there's not, but it doesn't hurt to look. And so we've done that a time or two. Yeah. And I think it's easy to be like, okay, we need this health insurance. That's something we all probably, you know, know what we need and don't really think about kind of the same with car insurance. We know what we need. Um, homeowners insurance. I think for the main, we have to have homeowners insurance if we buy a home. Yeah. But we also need to know what that's going to cover. Um, we yeah. have at one point, you know, just, I don't want to say a small amount, but it wasn't a, you know, a huge amount, probably just the standard most that you could get. And I think it was like $10,000. If we were in a fire, that's what they would give us or something for everything that was in the house. So my husband's like, would that really cover everything? <laughs> oh, you know, we have nine beds in our house, you know? We have how many dressers in our house, you know, how many pots and pans and $10,000 seems like a lot. But if you're replacing every single thing, I wouldn't go very far. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to say go and overextend yourself and buy crazy insurance that you can't pay for, but you need to just be aware of what you have. Yeah. Make sure your policy is what you need. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, I think this winter, a lot of people here have wood burning stoves and there's been several house fires in our community. And I think part of it is because it hasn't been a super cold winter here. So people haven't been running their fires super hot, but you know, it's made me think, okay, where's our fire insurance? Cause we have a wood burning stove at our house and, uh, you know, you don't want to wait until something happens and then be like, oh. Too bad your insurance doesn't cover, you know, or yeah. flooding or whatever it may be. So, yeah, really make sure that you do your research and make sure you're covered for what you need to be covered for. Yeah. Another thing is to know where everything is. Know where all your policies are, where the numbers are to get hold of people. Put them in a binder, in a folder, in a safe somewhere so that if something happens, you know right where everything is and you're not so stressed trying to find it um you know when my daughter turned 18 we made her the beneficiary for all of our other children in case something happened to both my husband and I and so I took her up 
and showed her where the safe was, showed her where numbers were, so that if something happened, she would know where to even look. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take long to show them. It's not, you know, something you always want to think about. But even for you, if you have a flood and you're trying to find your homeowner's insurance number to try and get them, you know, if you know right where it is, it just makes things easier. Yeah, I agree. And along with that, any kind of, you know, baking passwords, if you do stuff like yeah. that. Those kind of things, yeah. Make sure it's all in a secure place, but somewhere that you know where it's at so you can get to it. Right. <clears throat> um, another thing I've found that's worked well for me, and I know not everybody balances the checkbook but I do. <laughs> Me too. Those of us old timers that still balance <laughs> our checkbook every month or whatever. Um, it's just been kind of a way to save a little extra money. My husband actually is the one who told me about it, but anytime we buy something, so say I go to Walmart and it's $20 and five cents or whatever, I round it up in my checkbook to $21. And so then at the end of the month, you have, you know, a couple extra dollars extra in there that aren't accounted for. And so I just have a separate little column in my checkbook that has that extra in it. And, you know, over the years we've had, I think right now there's over a thousand dollars extra that's not accounted for in my regular balance. And that's just been an easy way for us to save a little bit of money. And that's kind of been a little bit of an emergency fund for us if something comes up it's like oh we do have this extra like our freezer just died and we had to buy a new freezer so um that's just been kind of something i've done since we were married so for a long time but i love that yeah you told me about kind it. of amazing how just that little you know 50 cents or whatever extra it really does add up over time you just have to make sure you're keeping track of it so that you're not like Get your bill and be like, wait, what's going on? You know, your <laughs> statement or whatever. <laughs> so that's just an easy way to save a, you know, it doesn't save a ton, but over time, you know, save a little bit. So oh, I love that idea. You've told me that idea before and I, I just love it. I think it's a great idea to do something that you're not really even thinking about. Yeah. One thing I do with my grocery money is I use cash and I know that's kind of not I guess I old timer too for that but I take my grocery money out at the beginning of the month and I have it budgeted I have it in different envelopes for every week because I go week and I just pull that out and it's not in there then I don't get to use it you know so it's an easy way to try to keep in my budget uh easy way to know exactly where it is as well and one thing I've tried to do is at the end, when I come home, if I have that few dollars, I usually put it aside somewhere and any change goes into a jar. And then every about quarter we'll empty our jar and a change thing and, you know, put that money aside for a little trip or, a, you know, a dinner out with everybody. Um, and that's a good way to, you know, keep those 
little extra pennies and you know sometimes it's not very much and sometimes it adds up to a little bit more just depending on you know how things go so i think there's lots of little tips and tricks and you just have to find what works for you yeah i agree um another thing i kind of wanted to talk about was fast offerings and so you know fast offerings as a general rule is supposed to be whatever it would cost to feed your family for those meals you're fasting but several years ago, I mean, probably like 10 years ago, <laughs> we were taking the gospel principles class at the time because my husband was the ward mission leader. And so we were in there, but I don't think they even offer that class anymore. But anyway, the teacher, I don't remember what we were talking about, but he said, you know, he challenged us to have the faith to double what we were paying in fast offerings. And I didn't do it right away because at the time I was like, that's like a lot of money. <laughs> you know? um, but when we were taking that finance class a few years ago, I think somehow that thought came into my head again. And so I did it then. And I was like so nervous because I'm like, I don't, you know. Yeah. But we have been so blessed because I chose to do that. And now it's like, yeah, we don't even miss it. But um, that's another thing. And I think I've heard in general conference or something, somebody say something, you know, about that. If you have the faith to raise your fast offerings and see the blessings you get, I think yeah. dad told me a story of one of his family members who worked for the church at a one time and was talking to somebody, I don't know. I think it was a general authority and just said, you know, we really could use some more money. Like we're just not making it. And that general authority told them to pay more fast offerings and they did and they were blessed and it all worked out. So I think a lot of people have a testimony of tithing, but also to gain that testimony of fast offerings has been a big blessing in my life. <clears throat> um, I heard someone say once that in paying tithing and fast offerings, you're telling God you love him more than money. And every time you write out that check or I do it online. So, but you're just, um, you know, letting God know that, yes, I do love you more than I love money. And I'm willing to give this back to you, which, you know, it all comes from him anyway. So. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> I have one last quote. It's from Brigham Young. And he says that the Lord has handed over a goodly portion to his people, but it is not ours. And all we have to do is to try and find out what the Lord wants us to do with what we have in our possession and then go and do it. And I just thought that fits so much in with budgeting that everything that we have been given is from our heavenly father. And he knows what our situations are. He knows what our needs are. He knows what our wants are. And if we take things to him, he will guide us. And if we follow the counsel that we've been given by our prophet and our, the apostles, things are going to work out. And I love that. If we have it, then just go and do it. Yeah. Thanks. I agree. It reminds me of that scripture, you know, You've done it unto the least of these. You've done it unto me. Well, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. We hope that you've found something we said useful. And, you know, if you need more help, there is a lot 
of resources out there. You can do that financing class through the church. There's many other financing classes you can take out there. So please find something that works for you. Get help if you need it, but don't put it off. Start today. And we hope to see you next time.